Learning happens everywhere all the time. Hey there and welcome to the Homeschool Success Podcast. I am your host, Cami Wanis, the Freedom Scholar. My experience as a veteran homeschool mom, former public high school teacher, and mentor to homeschool families everywhere, along with periodic guests, will help you to create the homeschool experience you always wanted and your family deserves. Homeschooling is a leap of faith that can cause doubts, overwhelm, and uncertainty while trying to keep love of learning high and balance life, work, and kids. Each episode is packed with the strategies, tips, activity ideas, and resources you need to ensure your kids get a great education, create close family relationships, become good leaders, and have tons of fun. You'll learn everything from scheduling, curriculum, routines, and homeschooling multiple ages to increasing love of learning and everything in between. This podcast is different from anything else out there by also focusing on the thinking shifts that are the key to homeschooling successfully. Whether you're new to homeschooling or a seasoned veteran, make sure to subscribe so you'll gain the practical strategies and confidence you need to develop a rich love of learning culture and environment that results in passionate, lifelong learners. More than ever before, leaders are needed who have a great education and who use their unique talents and gifts to make this world better. Join me on my mission to raise our next generation of leaders through ensuring your family has a supportive and inspiring homeschool journey. Homeschooling is learning through life. You got this. everyone and welcome to the live with cami on facebook in our facebook group and in youtube and also if you're listening it is the homeschool success with cami wanis podcast on our podcast show and i'm super excited to share with you denise thomas today she is an amazing amazing homeschooling mama who has done all I'm going to let her tell you how many hours of research she's done, but that is absolutely incredible that she's done all this research for us so that we can know that we can send our kids to college without having to worry about finances so much because man, that really is such a huge killer and it really limits not only where we apply, but if we are applying at all. Um, I know a lot of parents choose to either just start off with, you know, junior college straight away because they can't, you know, that's just a financially, you know, financial off the table. If they're going to go straight to four year, it just can't happen. Or they, you know, choose to go into a lot of debt. And man, today is a lot of debt. Woo. Going to college is not cheap, man. It's not cheap. It's an expensive piece of paper. <laughs> so, so I am super excited because I was sharing about our podcast in a group here and Denise reached out to me and I was so excited about this because I've been literally wanting to learn about scholarships for such a long time. Not only that I taught high school and so I knew a little bit about some things, but I you know, you just, there's so much that you don't know and so much that is not available for the average person, you know, just on their general forms that you fill out that Denise did all the research in and was very committed, man, this is a committed woman. I love it. And she did all of this 
research. So she was able to put her kids through college with no debt. It's absolutely amazing. I'm super excited to learn. But we are specifically going to be talking about today is how you need to start early, how you can't wait till high school because waiting until high school, you already have a lot of this stuff that's could have been done earlier that could have trained you up and given you resources to put on or scholarship applications and things like that, or to qualify you for college, 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 <laughs> that's a good word, to qualify you for college scholarship applications. And you may have missed the boat. So you want to make sure that you start early. You want to start having those conversations. Last week, we talked to Donovan Dreyer, the amazing help helping counselor that helps us plan what we really want to do, whether we're going to college or not, or what we're going to do with our life. But if we are going to college and if we want that to be a part of our options, which most parents and most homeschooling parents say, I don't know if my kid's going to go to college, but I want to be college ready. And so we're going to talk about college ready today because that could mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but it really, really means a lot of things early on. You have to start planning that early so that you can be really college ready and have that as a really viable option so that you kids don't have to be some superstar in baseball and try to get recruited and get some kind of some kind of sports scholarship and full ride. I mean, those are even like hard to get these days too. So Denise, I'm super excited. I'm very inspired by your dedication and your, you remind me a lot of myself, to be honest, a lot of like, I'm going to figure this out. We are going to get this done. And I just love that tenacity and what a gift you are to parents. And so can you just share a little bit about your background and like how you got, how you ended up doing all this hours? I'm going to let you share how many hours, all this hours and hours and hours of research and how you managed to get your kids paid to go to college. Thank you, Cami. I'm so glad that you mentioned it because it is um, something families don't understand that can and does actually happen. If your child gets so many scholarships and if you choose the right college, they will let you keep the overage in scholarship money, meaning that cash is going into your kid's bank account. They get paid to go to college. It is a freaking awesome thing. Uh, but the vast majority of people don't even believe that's possible. Oh, no, colleges aren't going to let you keep the excess. Want to bet? <laughs> I didn't know that either. It's really pretty cool. But let me let me just kind of preface this with my journey. You know, uh, first of all, the very first thing I say when I give a talk, if I'm on a stage, I'm at a homeschool conference or whatever, is if you are a former educator, I might step on some toes. Okay, just saying. <laughs> because here's the thing. We as a society have been telling families, kids, the same thing for the last three decades. And that is to wait until junior year four anything college related. Wait until junior year to take the ACT or SAT exams. Wait until junior year to start thinking about college or selecting your college list, whatever. The problem with waiting is that's what's causing our kids to be in college debt. I homeschooled my kids from kindergarten all the way through high school. Now, before you put me on a pedestal, <laughs> 
that was not the plan. Okay. I had no plan. We started homeschooling simply because where we lived, uh, in, in, in learning about the local schools, I found that my daughter, who was the oldest, excelled. She exceeded the expectations at an early age. So she was not really going to be able to be challenged in any way. Um, if you have a kid that is reading by age four and they don't expect you to read till the second half of first grade, that's why we end up with kids that are class clowns or troublemakers because they're bored. So I chose uh, to homeschool my daughter because I had met a couple of friends that were homeschooling and, well, they seemed normal. <laughs> my friend took me to a homeschool conference and, yeah, they seemed pretty normal, you know, because, uh, you know, we all have these preconceived conceptions of what, what does homeschooling even look like until we meet actual homeschoolers. And we homeschooled one year one textbook at a time. There was nothing that said we were going to keep doing this puppy. Uh, when I introduced it to my husband, as most of us do, he said, homeschooling, we went to school, we did fine. But we live in a different world. I don't have to tell you that. And I had to explain that there are things today that I didn't want my daughter growing up with. And I explained that technically, where we lived, the state said, you don't have to uh, be educated. You don't have to be in school until you're seven years old, believe it or not. So I figured we had a couple of years to figure out if this was going to work. And basically to prove to my husband that she's doing fine, she'll do well, she's not going to be weird, etc., as time went on, things were getting better and better with homeschooling. I mean, the, the, with every year that passes, more people are homeschooling. There's more opportunities. There's more curriculum available. Oh, my gosh. Going to a homeschool conference right now blows my mind. I'm actually glad I'm not, that my kids are past that, because I would spend an absolute fortune. There's so many cool things out there right now, right? So... We came to the point where uh, my daughter was in middle school. She was about age 12 or so. And my husband got laid off from his job. And we had just built our dream home, the one we thought we would retire in. I'm a former realtor. First thing I did was put that puppy on the market because I'm realizing this takes time to, to get a buyer, et cetera. So let's just, you know, let's chill on the house and see if we can get another job. And luckily three months later, he did get another job. That's great. But shortly thereafter, he was laid off again. And then the stock market crashed. I'm going to go with, we were living in our own little bubble and we're not really paying attention to what was happening, not only in world events, but our own industry. And uh, we were kind of taken aback by this. We were not prepared. So I pay the bills. I don't care if we have no job. I pay the bills. And then I saw the money running out because the stock market had brought us down to practically nothing left when it dropped. 
Um, so we were paying the bills, paying out of what was left in the stock market and what was left in our savings. When I saw the money start to tank, I turned to my husband and I said, we have no choice. We have to declare bankruptcy. We had just enough left to buy a lawnmower and a trailer so we could mow lawns to put food on the table. The hardest part for me, though, was that the bankruptcy was liquidation. Everything had to go. If you could touch it, it was gone. And, hon, if you've been homeschooling for any length of time, you have built a library of books and maybe even videos, right? Because that's just what we do. There's so many cool things that we want to have, not to mention the curriculums that you tend to collect. But everything had to be sold. Books, toys, Christmas decorations, furniture, pots and pans. We even had to let our two dogs go. That was the hardest part for me. Because for our family, our dogs were my furry children. And to see my kids run into the house crying, that was heartbreaking. So we had to move into a small apartment because bankruptcy means even the house gets foreclosed on. We're in this apartment for just a few months, and then suddenly it hit me. My daughter was starting high school. College is around the corner. How are we going to pay for that? We had no savings, no 401k left to borrow against, no house to borrow equity from. And that bankruptcy means we can't co-sign for student loans. They, they like, love to tell about, you know, student loans and all the debt about every two years when it becomes a political football. But they forget to mention that your kids can only get a very small amount in student loans by themselves. The rest requires a cosigner. That cosigner is you, parents and grandparents. But that bankruptcy took that off the table for us. So how were our kids going to afford to go to college? Well, I started doing the research. And what I found was that, yes, 70% of college students graduate with some amount of student loan debt. That can be $5,000, up, up to as many zeros as you'd like to add. But I can do the math. If 70% are graduating with debt, that means 30% are graduating debt-free. What are they doing that they're not telling us about? What do we not know? Now, you mentioned a moment ago about student athletes getting athletic scholarships. And yes, decades ago, that was a big thing. I went to college, hon, they got their own apartment, they got cars. I mean, they got everything. They literally were paid to be there to play for the school. But they have rules now, they can't be paid. Matter of fact, Athletic scholarships, it's really rare. All those kids playing on those teams, if they're on scholarship at all, the vast majority are having academic scholarships, same as you and me, not for their athletic ability, but the vast majority. So yeah, there's a few getting 
in athletic scholarships. There are some who are brilliantly geniuses and they're getting scholarships too. But there are a lot of perfect kids with perfect GPAs and perfect test scores that don't even get accepted. They get rejections every single day. Then there are parents that can afford college. Either they've scrimped and saved or they're in a business that pays them well enough to be able to just write the check. And then there's the segment of kids that maybe are really destitute in their family finances. And perhaps, again, choosing the right college, they will be able to go for free. But all of that is a small segment. So what are normal people doing that don't have geniuses for kids, etc.? What I found is that they had some things in common. And so I took what sounded logical that it would possibly impact college acceptance or winning scholarships. And I put those things into practice with my kids. Well, by the time my daughter was a junior in high school, she was she had gotten her ACT scores and she was done. She had enough of taking that, you know. We tried a bunch of times and uh, God said, this is all you're getting. So <laughs> when she got the same score, like three times, it was like, okay, we've done everything we can. Um, and her GPA wasn't going to change. Her activities weren't going to change. So there will happen to be a regional university that accepts uh, applications year round. You check the box as to what semester you plan to actually begin your college journey. She went ahead and submitted her application in the spring of her junior year. Three days later, we got a phone call from the university saying they received her application, but did not receive the application fee. I'm going to pause for just a minute. Not sending in the check, uh, that's part of following directions. Then he continues and says, and we'd like to offer her tuition, fees, room, board, and books, but we need the fee to process the scholarship. Now, Cammy, I've got my daughter on speakerphone, and I'm doing this to her right now because I don't want her jumping up and down for joy because I'm skeptical. My next question is, you do know she's a junior. And he said, yes, ma'am, we'll wait for her. We'll wait for her? There was something in this application that had them sit up and take notice, had them call to ensure that we knew she had not sent in the check. I would never have known. I would never have had any idea. It would have been at least months later before my daughter realized that she didn't have a login or whatever on this website to even find out where her application stood. Applications without the money, they sit on a desk waiting for the check that would never come. At about the same time, my daughter applied for her first scholarship, private scholarship. This was a national scholarship worth $10,000. We got a phone call. She had won. At this point, I'm thinking we're doing something right, and I'm not sure what it is. 
She applied to eight colleges, both public and private, across three states. And we heard similar things from different schools. Things like, oh, you're the one when she would go to visit because her application had made the rounds in the office. Or when she finally made her decision and decided, okay, this is the one college I'm going to. And she sent an email to the other saying, I'm withdrawing my application. I've chosen another school. Well, one of the private schools called to say, what can we do to get you to come here? And proceeded to offer everything, including an on-campus job, if they could talk her into going there. Now, you have to understand, a college isn't going to do that unless they already see that individual making an impact, not only as a student on campus, but as an alumni. And I'll give you just a quick idea of how admissions officers, they've seen these applications for decades. They know what they're looking at. They know that this is a person who's going to be doing something after college. They're not going to just have their nine to five job and have a family and be done. They're going to be making an impact somehow, somewhere. So my daughter and son are five years apart. Can I do this again? Turns out we can. My daughter graduated with $4,000 left over. My son graduated with $10,000 left over. Between the two of them, they won 17 scholarships, totaling more than $199,000. It's incredible. Debt-free with cash left over. It's doable. So fast forward, when we dropped my son off to his university for his freshman year, my husband and I bought a 42-foot motorhome and went full-time RVing for five years. The entire time we were on the road, I was getting phone calls, text messages, or emails asking, what'd you do? How'd you do it? Here's where we are. What do we do next? And Cammie, I found myself just copying and pasting. I don't know if it works. Here you go. This is what we did. So at one point in time during our travels, my husband said, you know, we're on a road a lot and you're by yourself a lot. Why don't you start a business of some kind? We we always had had some type of small business. The the lawn mowing company that we had started after the bankruptcy uh, or at the bankruptcy uh, actually was making six figures by the time my kids were applying for and winning these scholarships. So I wanted to throw that out there because there are people who believe, well, you know, we didn't have any money. We were broke. That's why my kids won. No. None of these scholarships had to do with financial need. Another point, half of the scholarships they won, literally $100,000 worth, did not ask for GPA or test scores. You do not have to be a genius to win scholarships either. So when my husband asked, what do you want to do? I said, well, I'm already doing it. I just might as well get paid for it. Right. (laughs) And that's why I ended up uh, bringing the the program online a few years back. 
I absolutely love that. What an, a compelling story, you guys. Seriously, like that's something that you, I know I'm like, man, I need to start applying for scholarships. <laughs> that's so incredible. What an amazing experience that you can take. And, and that's what I do when I talk to families and as a former educator in public education and then homeschooler, you know, you just take and you have all those questions from people and you're like, hey, I'm yeah, I might be able to help some people. And I love that about you. And I love that you took that and you're really creating a legacy about that and helping so many more homeschool families because that's exactly what is needed right now. We have so many families that are in the dark and not knowing what to do, especially, you know, that are pulling their kids out of school and then they haven't had any training in not only just education, but even planning after that. So, yeah. and they are, may not have gone to college themselves. So, you know, exactly. who knows? Well, they, and, you know, know, I I'm, I'm seeing families, you know, when you're homeschooling, especially if you decide to homeschool high school, which by the way, is easy. A yes. lot of families stop. They stop at eighth grade. Oh, I can't do high school. Okay. I will talk anybody into homeschooling, even through high school. It is yep. so easy. It's not funny that I just had to throw that out there. But when your kids are in high school, guess who's the high school counselor? Mom, Right. And that can be a little scary because we, we're, we're not trained. Right. But here's the thing. You have the advantage. You really do. Because high school counselors, try as they may, they are giving out old, outdated information. Right. It, they're not helping their students. They're not. And uh, it, it's really sad. So homeschoolers, you have the advantage when it comes to, to college and getting started early as well. I, I know, definitely. And we're scrappy, right? Homeschoolers are scrappy. That's exactly what you did. And that's exactly, you know, when I, even when I started homeschooling, it wasn't a cool thing to do, you know? So we definitely had to, to do our research and, and just try some things and trial and error. And man, my son was, he spent five hours writing. He asked me if he wanted, to, if he could write an opinion piece yesterday. And he, this is for a kid who does not like writing and has, typically has not liked writing for the past several years. And we've been really kind of just, just letting him be ready with that whole thing and kind of working together on it and doing a resets and stuff. And he asked me, I want to write my own. I was like, uh, okay. So he spent about over five hours writing a three page single space, like beautifully written for a first draft. I taught high school, you guys, and it was amazing. But what I'm saying is that it's, it's really incredible. And we, we are scrappy when it comes to pulling things together and we have to do that. And we have to start getting the mentors like you who know those kind of things and just say, okay, we don't know. Let's find somebody who does. I am all about that. I know I talked with Donovan last week about coaching and mentoring, and it's so important for us parents to say, you know, I don't know. And I know there's people out there who do. So instead of just hitting my head against the wall or trying to do the you didn't mention it before, but 7,000 hours of research that you did. That is so incredible. Let's, I, I'm not signing up for that. <laughs> I don't, that's not my jam. I'll just, I'll just talk to you about it. <laughs> but I think well, I'll tell you what's funny better. about that is that, yes, I did spend 7,000 hours doing the research just for my kids. And since then I've spent at least that much or right. more, you know, still on the computer and, uh, you know, families will call to ask, hey, Denise, you know, I, I can only find scholarships for name a demographic you're not. Right. And I say, give me 10 minutes and I will find three scholarships that their child can apply to right now today. I love that. I love that. A, a friend of mine said, 
your your Google email, your Google profile is probably worth millions of dollars. It probably is. Your Google history, yeah. It just knows what I'm looking for and it gives it to me. I can't tell you anything else. (laughs) That's so incredible. I love that. You know, so we're talking about really planning ahead and planning early. And I know when we talked before, we were you were telling me that there are not that many, but there are some scholarships you can get in kindergarten. Like, oh my gosh, that's mind blowing. Yeah. Who'd ever have thought that? So when we're talking about planning early and we have littles right now, we're like, I don't know, the college thing, right? But I want my kids to be college ready. What does it mean to you to be college ready? <sighs> okay. So here's the thing. There are a number of things that are really important. And again, homeschoolers, we have the advantage because we have we have our kids are at home. We can fix what's broken. We can make that list of things that they're missing in their life and make sure they get those things, right? We're not we're not subject to an eight-hour school day and God help you, another six plus or more hours of homework and still trying to squeeze in working community service and activities. Not happening. For homeschoolers, even high school, you can be done with the school stuff by 3 p.m. I don't care if your kid is taking dual enrollment classes. You really can. So you've got a lot more time afterwards to help your child experience and learn the things that are important going forward in life. And it's not just being college ready. My my daughter was the first one to uh, realize that, hey, you know, the things that you teach in your course for parents it's not just for college, it's for employment. I said, yeah, you're right. It's literally just going forward in life and making something of yourself and being able to be a a productive member of society. So, and you can start these things at a young age. Uh, I remember at a young age watching my father do community service for the church, not even our church sometimes. I watched him mow other people's lawns or help them paint, you know, a gutter or something on their house or or bring a meal to a neighbor who was ill or had surgery. Kids notice these things. If you are not participating in your community, how can it be a natural part of your child's life? Think about that. You know, as homeschool parents, we do tend to research more than anyone else. We want to make sure we're raising our kids right. We discipline differently. It, hey, quote, the other side, half of them don't discipline at all, which is weird to me. Yes. So, you know, I mean, literally, I, I swear I'm, I'm going to write a parenting book. I've got several other coaches that we're all on the same page that half the world's ills are due to bad parenting. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, there's there's definitely things you can be teaching your kids, even even when they're young. Community service is a really big one. Also, helping them to learn uh, and experience different things. My kids were probably, I kid you not, six, seven, eight years old when we took them to their first professional ballet performance. Let them see and experience things that are... Um, I'm called the finer things in life, but just cultured things. No, it does not have to cost a fortune. If you can afford it, great. Get box seats. Do it at Christmas time. Awesome. But you don't have to do that. Most 
ballet companies, most orchestras, uh, you know, for your, your city, your state, they offer an opportunity for you to come in and watch their rehearsals mm-hmm. for maybe five or 10 bucks a piece. Call and ask, make it a field trip if possible with your homeschool group. Getting them, getting your kids exposed to different things in life. You know, one of the things that I talk about with college kids is that employers today are complaining that for the last decade, kids coming out of college into the workforce do not have the soft skills they need. Mm -hmm. Soft skills meaning communication, shaking a hand properly, looking someone in the eye when you're speaking with them, um, allowing the other person to speak. Let's see, uh, teamwork. Mm-hmm. And you can just, you can go on the internet and just look for soft skills or professional skills. They're calling them professional skills these days for a reason, because you're not a professional if you don't have them. Okay. That's true. Kind of important. So you can be teaching your children these things. I remember Growing up, when I was young, probably again, seven, six, seven years old, I remember the company that my dad worked for having like a family day of some kind or a a day when you can bring your kids into the office, whatever. I remember, A, my dad being very careful to tell us, be on your best behavior. And he showed us how to shake hands how to interact. You know, you don't speak unless you're spoken to. If you have a question, you can put your hand on dad's hand and I'll get to you when I'm done speaking to the other adult, etc. We learned those things. And then we watched it happen in real life, mm-hmm. going to either the company picnic where dad's or mom's boss happened to be and they were interacting together or whatever other bring your kid to work day thing there might've been, right? But a lot of that has gone by the wayside. And so has teaching our children these things. Kids today have a really, pardon my language, crappy work ethic. You can change that. Even in the process of choosing your homeschool curriculum, your kid may hate it at first. Do not run off and change that puppy immediately. Tell your kid, we have to give it at least three months. You have to give it a shot. You can't just say, I don't like it, I'll change. There are so many things you can be teaching your children. Teaching them at a very young age, autonomy. My daughter, I kid you not, was four years old. We were at McDonald's. We were seated together as a family. We forgot to order the French fries. Or maybe the French fries didn't come with the order. My daughter was given the $2 or whatever. Go to the counter, wait until it's your turn, put the money on the counter and put your hand on the cash, look up at the adult or the teenager and ask what you need to ask. Wait for the French fries, wait for the change, come back to the table. It's a lot to ask of a four-year-old. That is. But they can do it. Yep. Teach your children, go to the Dollar Tree. Now, Dollar Tree now isn't a dollar anymore. It's a buck 25. I know. But I remember 
my kid had a dollar. My son had a dollar. He was going to get this cute little toy, little car or something. And he was so proud of himself because he had his dollar and he was going to the cash register and it was his turn and he paid with the dollar. And the lady said, plus tax. My son said, it doesn't say anything on here about tax. That's 99 cents. Love that. Teaching opportunities. Yeah. And then mom hands a quarter over and gets the change, whatever. But, you know, here's the thing. We have gotten to the point in society as parents that it's just easier to do it ourselves. Yes, it is. It's way faster. Absolutely. Especially if you've got littles. My daughter's got a little now. It's a heck of a lot easier to do laundry by herself, to cook by herself, to clean by herself, to do run her businesses by herself. But no, she has her two, almost three-year-old with her at every step, learning the ropes, cooking. Yeah, and that's eating. such great skills to for them to pick up at an early age so that when they get in college interviews or scholarship interviews or they're writing their essays or they're, you know, meeting people, they're creating opportunities for themselves throughout throughout their experiences as they're growing up and they're creating relationships in their community. And, and I love that. That's one thing we do with scouts a lot. We, my son is in boy scouts and we do a lot of community service, a lot of, you know, just reaching out and connecting with people and, and having good communication skills and things like that. It's super amazing. And I, I love that ability to create those long terms so that you have this adult that's like, amazing at a very young age, a young adult. And you're like, wow, I, that's incredible. I'm sure that is probably a lot of what those colleges and the, and the scholarship, um, applicants, you know, or the, the auditors are looking at and they're like, man, this kid's amazing. <laughs> that's, well, that's pretty if incredible. You think about it, Cammy, they're looking for, they're looking for character. Sure. Grades, right. EPA and test scores count. Absolutely. 100%. That gets your foot in the door. That's it. Right. That's all that gets you is the foot in the door. The rest is you slash your child. Right. You know, so character is what's important. And in my program, that's the very first thing that we look at is your child's values and character traits, because that has to play out all the way through. And when you have a child that's in, let's say, middle school, middle school is the best time to, I'd say, be really seriously focused about what's happening college and beyond whether it's employment going right after school or not. Middle school is when it really becomes an important point in time. Uh, it's not just a pass through between elementary school and high school. Yes, there's some growing up to do, but there are definitely some things that you can be doing with college in mind that make a big difference. College applications though, begin at freshman year of high school. Now that said, that doesn't mean the day your child starts freshman year. Freshman year actually begins when your child steps foot out of eighth grade. So that summer between eighth and ninth grade is their ninth grade summer. Love that. It counts. So you have to understand that and remember that going forward, that these summers do count. It's not just, I don't know what club we belonged to in high school. It's what were we doing with our summertime as well? 
Absolutely. And I was just going to ask you about the middle school part because we definitely have a resource that we put out in a newsletter yesterday. And I hope that you will also put the link down in the comments below in our, um, that we can put out in our Facebook group and YouTube and, and on our podcast show notes. But the, you have an ebook for middle school parents. And so tell us about that a little bit and how it's a free ebook, which is awesome. I'm, I'm so excited to read mine. I already got it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so glad it, it is. It's, it's tough to grab families at the middle school stage because they're not thinking about it. Matter right. of fact, the very first homeschool conference that I spoke at, I had a booth as well, a vendor booth in the hall. And my banner sets giant word, you know, it's orange. You can't miss it. Scholarships, blah, 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 blah. I kid you not. They would walk past, take a look and keep walking. Mm -hmm. Because in their minds, we're not ready for that yet. It's because we've been told, we've been conditioned that we wait until senior year for that or after our kid already has their acceptances and we know there's a gap. Hun, you have left so much money on the table at that point, it's not funny. So middle school is really important. So what I did when I realized what was happening, I changed my banner the very next day and called out seventh through 10th graders. Now they're stopping to find out, okay, I've got a sixth grader. I've got an 11th grader, are we too late? Because now they realize they're missing something. So in the middle school ebook, it addresses a couple of things. First of all, the why it's really important for the strategy. College acceptance and winning scholarships is very strategic. Families think that it's a crapshoot just to, just to apply to a bunch of colleges and see what happens. It's the same crapshoot that Donovan probably mentioned last week about send your kid to college and they'll figure it out what they want to do in life. Right, exactly. Oh my Lord, that is a recipe for six years of college and a lot of debt. Right. And still not having a clue if you're doing it right, right? So the same is true when it comes to college acceptance and winning scholarships. We don't want to do this in just a, you know, let's just throw it out there and see what happens. And if you think about this too, our perception of what colleges are looking for what we've been told for three decades is that they've been, they're looking for the jack of all trades, the well-rounded student. Uh Uh-uh, no, they're not. And because they're not looking for that well-rounded student, we need to find what that focus is for our kids because they're looking for what your kid, what lights your kid up in the world. What thing that if it didn't exist, your kid wouldn't be the same kid anymore. I always say, what stirs your soul? Yes. What that light in their eye? And I got news for you. I've got two very different kids. I got a girl and a boy. My daughter, nah, like most women, she kind of wears her emotions on her sleeve. You know, drawn good and well when she's excited about something. My son, on the other hand, if you're not looking straight at him when he gets excited about something, because all you're going to see is a little bit of an eyebrow lift. That's it. And it's gone. You got no idea after that. That's awesome. Right? So in, in some cases, and, and part of part of one of the things is to do in middle school is to give your kids opportunities to try different things, et cetera, and watch. 
really pay attention. Encourage them to try different things. I don't care if it's only on the internet because you can't travel. Maybe you live in the deep woods of God knows where. There are opportunities. Yes. Opportunities are everywhere. I love that. Definitely. And I'd love for you guys to get that middle school book and really dig in and start planning early. I know we're going to have Denise back in a couple of weeks and she's going to talk more about the high school stuff and like how to really plan and get scholarships. And I'm super excited about that. You guys, she's also going to be a guest speaker and guest presenter in one of our uh, courses we have coming up, which I'm putting together as we speak, you guys, I'm all about doing this stuff for you because Denise is amazing and I want to bring her to you. So Denise, how can we get a hold of you and how can we ask questions? Or I know if you do have questions about this topic in particular, you can put them below in the comments or um, definitely her website is up here, getaheadoftheclass.com. But how else can we get a hold of you? And like, I, you were talking about your course, you mentor families through this process. And so how can we work with you there? Yeah. So I work with parents, uh, U.S. parents. I, I do have conversations with international families, but that's a whole different ballgame. Mostly U.S. parents who have kids in middle school all the way through college. Because look, Guys, the money doesn't stop just because your kid was accepted to college. There's more available, so don't stop. Um, but my course is called Cracking the Code to Free College. I work with families starting in middle school all the way through. And what we're doing actually is we are marketing your child to the college and scholarship committees for optimal scholarships and college acceptances. It's a whole different way of approaching and thinking about the process. Um, I had one client who I asked, what do you think is the difference between what we're doing here and quote everything else out there? And she said, it's the difference between Disney World and Six Flags. Ooh. They both have the same components, Cami. They've got rides, they've got food, they've got entertainment. But Disney does two things differently, marketing and storytelling. And that's what we're doing in this program. I work with the parents. I don't generally work with the teenagers. However, I do occasionally have a parent that says, I have three jobs and seven kids. Johnny has to take the class. That's cool. But it's mostly the parents. And that's because I'm old school and I believe that it takes a village and kids with parent support are the ones that win. So reach out to me at the website. If you download the ebook, you'll be on my my email uh, list as well. I'm on Facebook Messenger and LinkedIn Messenger. Those are all great places to reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know there are a couple of questions already in there and we will be again talking about more of the high school stuff and more of the really starting to apply and how we do that and tell our story. I love that. That's absolutely so powerful. Marketing and telling our story, how the, all the nitty gritty of that we're going to talk about next time with Denise in a couple of weeks. So hold on to that and look for that information in there. But for sure, reach out to Denise, take advantage of that middle school ebook. And I am so excited. This has been so fun. And I can't wait to have you back in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for your time today. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Cami. All right, you guys, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. If you're loving this information and want to connect with Cami live, join our Facebook group, the Freedom Scholar Homeschooling Community. 
Every Thursday in Live with Cami, you can get more great homeschool tips, how-tos, and resources and get your questions answered. And subscribe to our newsletter to get your free ebook, Creating Educational Harmony in Your Home. See show notes for the links. Hope to see you live. This is an informational podcast. The information presented in each episode is the most recent and honest to the best of the presenter's ability. Results are not guaranteed. This podcast aims to educate and there are no guarantees of results implied. Listeners are encouraged to seek out and meet their local homeschool requirements. Any products, websites, and company names mentioned in this podcast are their respective owner's trademarks or copyright properties. The presenter is not associated or affiliated with them in any way unless otherwise stated. Nor does the referred product, website, or company necessarily sponsor, endorse, or approve this podcast. We hope you enjoy and find value in each episode. This content is copyrighted and not authorized for reproduction.